Hey everybody, it's your old pal Arden. Welcome back to Coffee and Cannabis. Uh, today I have with me Raquel Figlo. Uh, I would like to say PR Maven. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it, she does everything and anything uh, glitz and glam, but here's the important thing why she's on the show today. She does cannabis as PR. <laughs> and for anybody there uh, who's heard me rant and rave about marketing and cannabis, and how challenging and difficult it is. Well, if you want to work around, PR is a great one. So here's a good guest to get us on the educational road to how to get started in PR and how she got started in PR with cannabis. Uh, with that, I'll introduce and let her introduce herself a little bit, uh, Raquel Figla. Hi, thanks so much. I love that intro. And uh, yeah, it's true. Um, cannabis companies need PR, they need marketing. So I love that you rant and rave about it because um, it's very much needed. So uh, yeah, the name of my company is Raquel Figlo Public Relations. I've been around oh, forever, <laughs> over 10 years. Um, I started off doing events and fundraisers and red carpet events for music and entertainment. I'm a heavy metal journalist. I represent rock bands and all that fun stuff. And um, sure, I could guess I could say my start into cannabis was throwing the Gary Payton uh, launch party a couple years ago for the Cannabis Sports and his uh, birthday party. And ever since then, it's just been amazing and awesome. And um, what I discovered, well, like with any brand, right? Everybody has a story to tell. And these cannabis brands definitely have a background story, whether it's wellness or the strands, strands of you know cannabis and um, or I don't know all that all that fun stuff that I think he, I feel like you know more about. I just tell your story, <laughs> but um, I'm loving it. And you interviewed one of my uh, one of my clients just recently. Exactly, that's how we got started together. Was uh, I just inter inter interviewed? Sorry, I've been smoking today. I uh, uh, Dolce Figlo. Uh, uh, Foglia, Jesus, yeah, it's uh, I'm a bad Italian. Uh, if, if it doesn't anybody doesn't know, I don't know my own language, so I had to have Josh explain it to me. I know. So the cool thing about that, so check this out. So Dolce Foglia means sweet leaf, and then Black Sabbath made a song called Sweet Leaf, which you should like play when you're when just a little tip when you play your when you do the interview with them, but um. Yeah, so uh, they're super cool. So this year, well, last year, um, 2009, wait, 2020, wow. Geez, time flies, and I can't talk either. Um, with the music kind of slowing down, I pivoted even more into cannabis, you know, um, reaching out to companies. I have a CBD company that I'm working with called Blue Manesque, and they're all about cannabis wellness and aches and pains and how cannabis and THC, or CBD and THC work well together to, you know, calm those aches and pains. Um, so, so things have been really picking up, and then we met, uh, and it kind of shows you what, what like a, what kind of publicist I am. I kept on bugging you until you got the interview right for like a month or two. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I there was a saying I used to have when uh, I did a lot of client-based stuff. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'll say it because whatever, I'm a comedian. Uh, it's, you know, this job would be great if it wasn't for the effing clients. Uh, sometimes it, it, it's, it's getting the client and the outlet synced up is right. like hurting cats. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's exactly. Uh, but the cool thing about me, I feel like I'm persistent without being pushy. Yeah. And you have to be. That's why I only lasted three months before getting fired in public relations. 
Uh, that's how I got into the marketing route of things was I started in PR, got fired, and wound up in a marketing firm. Don't worry about it. I, when I was younger, getting into it, before being an entrepreneur, well, actually, I feel I've always was an entrepreneur, but I always got fired just because, you know, I don't know. I was, I was meant to work for myself. Can't fire yourself. Um, no, but I love it. It takes a, a, a certain kind of person, I think. Um, you have to have really tough skin, and I don't stop, like, I, I joke around saying bugging, but it's like, I know my clients have a really cool story to tell, so I just stay on top of it. It's no big deal to give you a call. You're busy. You know, people have their schedules, but when I feel like something's going to fit, like your podcast and with Dolce Foglia, with Joshua, you know, you you, you got to keep on um, knocking on that door till, till they say yes. And that's that's the key. It's persistence, right? Persistence, and yeah. and as... People- as the brand, you don't have that ability in-house to just keep on stuff. You're working on the sales, you're working on the marketing, you're working on this. You need an outside hand to get you to that next level. Uh, so mm-hmm. it really helps to have someone like yourself uh, to reach out to in the industry and say, ooh, a professional who does cannabis, here's a resource we can tap. Uh, so that's why I wanted to get your story out there. Yeah, awesome. No, I actually appreciate that. And um, that's actually one of my... I guess my pitch is when I pitch myself to new clients is you're out busy getting or out busy, you know, creating the product, um, creating your story, doing whatever else you need to know or whatever else you need to do. And I'm the one that gets your story out there. But I'm enjoying it. I love it. It's fun. And I really love the whole cannabis wellness side of it. I was actually just a part of uh, this event called Immersia, which um, was education for education with cannabis wellness. It had a lot of uh, celebrities on there like Dennis Draymond. Whoa, David Draymond. <laughs> you got to edit that part. <laughs> had a lot of celebrities on there like David Draymond from Disturb that talked about their experience with cannabis and how it either helped them from not doing other drugs or, you know, made them stay sane um, or actually instead of drinking because, you know, drinking is yeah. a big vice for people and, and cannabis doesn't have the same effect. So yeah, cannabis so was, was yeah, cannabis was what got me off of booze. So that was, you know, my saving grace. Yeah. My, my booze intake, I like wine and beer. So I stick to wine and beer. When I was younger, I used to be, you know, um, black tooth grin and Jack and Coke and all that other, uh, like, Oh my God. Uh, long Island. I can't believe I used to drink long islands. Oh 20s. yeah. A crazy drink. I was just on a mission, but um, I don't know, the older you get, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick to my craft beers and my red wine and my uh, Pinot Grigio and Rieslings. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, cannabis needs a lot of advocates and a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not just for, you can be a stoner and just like do it for creation, but there's just so much more to it. Right. And it's about telling that story uh, because I, Despite the long hair, you know, I, I call this. That's how I was like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> yeah, well, I can't, I call this failed corporate chic because um, I was like, corporate and I was an entrepreneur and I kind of burned out. Right? Uh, it, yeah, it's your podcast. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Well, but that's the thing. I said, "How can I use my corporate powers for good?" All right, and I said, "Let me advocate for cannabis brands that I believe in. Let me get people's stories out there. I'm a natural storyteller and a comedian, so let me make funny on a camera with some people and uh, get the message out. And that's how I'm best use, using my skills. But I know so many people, especially look at a place like San Francisco, tech, uh, button down, you know, nine to five 
actually 24-7 kind of corporate world there, uh-huh. but a lot of cannabis users. And cannabis brands don't necessarily mesh the messaging with that kind of crowd. So there's this disconnect in the marketing and the message that's going on. They're getting feel, better. They're getting much better. I feel like that's where I would come in. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and so uh, talk a little bit about what, you know, uh, some of the things that you've done with brands that have been great successes where it was, you know, kind of a uh, soup to nuts, beginning to end type of thing. Sure. that you can. That's where I come in with that is because um, obviously, you know, THC, there's, um, you know, different kinds and the kind that, so Dolce Foglia makes, uh, masks the flavor and taste of CBD and THC, so pre-rolls, right? So one example, I got them in the magazine, uh, Mel's Magazine, this men's magazine, that's super cool, that if you wanted to go smoke in public, let's say, or smoke, you know, you smoke, or you pass by somewhere and it smells like weed, and you're like, oh, who's that? But they make these pre-rolls where it only smells like the flavor that, um, that it is, like banana, right? And so what if you are a mom and you just needed to relax, or you have, you know, you're, you're, suffering from some kind of like disease or something and you just want to smoke somewhere because you need to relax or, or you need to eat but you don't want to have those negative connotations so having Dolce Foglia and ordering their pre-rolls on their website which is dolcefoglia.com or you know any of their um, products you're able to can you're able to relax and, and maybe not have like be looked at or people turning around so it's like it kind of makes it more easier to 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 enjoy and relieve whatever pain you're in so, um, yeah, getting them exposure in that, I think we had a little uh, blurb of them in the last issue of High Times, which was huge. So just getting that message out there, and plus, one, the stoners or the people that like to smoke weed will think it's cool because now flavors are totally in. Flavors are in everything, right? Yep. But then also on the medical side and also on the side where you're like, hey, I don't want everyone to know I smoke weed or I take edibles. Like, it's more discreet. They look like candy. So you kind of just feel more, like, calm and natural and even though it's more accepted there are places and people that don't really find it acceptable and you can just you know be private about it um and i think that's great right so yeah. so so yeah so getting it in the right hand so also i've also got them interviewed in entrepreneur style magazines because there's a whole story again behind it where people that are from the tech industry or business they're the ones that's going to read those like entrepreneur style business magazines so getting them in that Makes that connection with what you were talking about is you know um, Simi Valley or or tech companies, um, and then they can know about it too. So when working with me, it's not just focused into that one industry that you're in, but I like to open up my clients into many other industries. More people can read about them, learn about them. Right. Um, and what are you thinking about in terms of uh, ancillary businesses? So businesses cannabis adjacent, because. Uh, now weed tourism is becoming a thing. Also, yeah. uh, I love it. Bring them to me. I hope these guys see this. Of course. Uh, so I'm, you know, working with I work with I work with a lot of like female entrepreneurs, female uh, owned businesses, women in weed, women in cannabis. All those hashtags. I mean, they're real and fun. One of the companies that I got a part of Immersia was called Yummy Karma, and they're awesome. They're all about girl products and CBD making it really cute and special which I like I like all that cute like you know kinda um, girly pink and purples um, but their whole thing too is um, like just women feeling more comfortable to take CBD and whatnot and then there's Blumenest 
which uh, is a very luxurious high-end cannabis and THC, THC and uh, a product, which is for probably women that are like 40, 50 and, and older. I mean, of course, all age ranges, but it's just luxurious, and there's so many other ingredients in it, like, um, oh, <laughs> drag, I was like, oh, my God, you got to edit this part. And so there's so many other ingredients in it, um, like turmeric and, and whatnot, you know, just like really fine ingredients that nice. people would um, connect with and so so that's how okay so so I think those are a little adjacent yeah. uh, and then clothing brands haven't worked with any clothing brands yet but I'm definitely open yeah because um, clothing's becoming a thing now it is it's, it, yeah well it's been around but I think now it's just more accepted right right yeah uh, well I'm thinking not just of cooking, cooking, with, cooking with the with the um, actual flour yeah um well, cooking's a big thing, but when it comes to the uh, clothing, uh, not just fashion brands, but also textile, because uh, now hemp is a usable product, and people can make hemp-based clothing, so getting those brands out there. I'd love to. Haven't just yet, but why not? I've done a lot of stuff in the wellness, and I really enjoy the wellness because I, I've worked a lot with past um, like beauty products, um, fashion, lifestyle, that kind of stuff, so, but I'm def I mean... You know what? If it's another way that we can keep business in America and people can be entrepreneurs, right? I am down to helping all those all those kind of companies out. Yeah, because the cannabis space is the one space that's growing right now. Everything that's... everything else is shrinking. I don't. Well, it's definitely growing. I hope nothing else is shrinking. I need I need entertainment to come back. I'm a red carpet, uh, you know, publicist. I love doing all those entertainment. I for... need entertainment to come back. <laughs> I need a living again. I worked with a comedian, Jim Florentine. Um, you know, Jim Florentine from that metal show. He's a huge uh, comedian. And yeah, I need all that stuff to come back. Um, right before all this, I was doing, I did an Oscar party for Sue Wong. Um, did their whole red carpet party for 400 people. So I need that. I need those actors to come back. I'm currently working with an actor who's also an influencer called The Creek Man. And we got him in a movie during during COVID, so we're just waiting to see what happens so so we can start filming yeah it's gonna be really cool i i'm 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 sitting tight till i get vaccinated that's my thing it's uh okay, i don't want to get into this but i don't think i'm gonna i don't know how i feel about getting vaccinated well, you go first and let me know how you feel yeah if you know from what i've seen it it's you're probably going to be fine I uh, but probably. probably what does that mean? Uh, I mean the low 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 like minuscule incidents of but I, we don't want to talk about that because I'm not a doctor. I uh, but my thing is, did you did hear? Did you heard that? Have you read any articles that uh, cannabis is actually is preventative? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's oh, is that good for you? So just smoke a whole bunch. I'll even start smoking a whole bunch. <laughs> even at that, I'm a I'm a hypochondriac, so I'm just like I'm just sitting tight until I get the jab with the needle, and then I'm good. Uh, but that's coming soon. So, yeah. fingers crossed. I'm back on tour pretty soon here. You will be, and then you'll need a publicist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but um, the reason why I enjoy PR is because even at a young age, I was really into philanthropy. Like I said, I first started doing a lot of um, 
events for nonprofits like Surfrider Foundation was one of the very first companies I worked with. Um, we did a huge event over here in Orange County with the Newport Beach chapter, and we just raised a whole whole bunch of funds for Surfrider, protecting the ocean, educating young kids um, about the importance of keeping you know the ocean clean. And plus, I live in Orange County. Um, I love it. The ocean's you know something I go to all the time. And uh, PR, it's definitely being that advocate for brands. A lot of the clients I have, I like to, I mean, it's not even a bad thing. They're the underdogs. They're like the different type of clients that maybe others wouldn't pick up. Um, but they're interesting and unique. For example, I have a client called the Naughty Girl of Los Angeles, Sienna Sinclair. She has this whole Naughty, uh, the Naughty Girl shop, but naughty could be taken as something sexual or something like, you know, explicit. It really just means being confident. This is a naughty girl dress, by the way. It's pretty, right? Nice. It's just about women feeling feminine and beautiful in their own skin. Hence the naughty, naughty being cheeky. Mm -hmm. So I mean, stuff like that. Then the cannabis stuff. I mean, I had a lot of friends, other publicists saying, are you sure you want to like get into that? What if like, you know, um, I don't know, maybe a doctor doesn't want to work with you, but I feel there's just so much money and clients to be made. There's so many people you can work with. If one doesn't want to work with me, another one will, right? Right. Yeah, there's always another opportunity down the street. Exactly. And plus, my passion for heavy metal, oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone's like, open yourself up to other stuff. And I do, trust me. I can, I can do PR for whoever because I've been doing this for so long. As long as it's fun, entertainment, music. But I love heavy metal and rock bands, and I just you know, I represent them and try to get their music out. Well, let's talk about that a little bit then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm sure there are people that watch this podcast that are into metal and would love to oh, hear yeah. a little bit about the bands that you represent and have worked with. Sure. There's a well. Okay. So there's like I like to work with like I've worked on some really big events um, like Orlando, which is Judas Priest. They're gonna come out. Oh, they're supposed to have a concert in September. Well, hopefully they do. Um, if everything goes right, which I hope it will. Of course it will. And Re um, Rebel Rock Fest, which is like Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Wu Tang, all those really big bands. And then I like to work with female-fronted bands. I was a part of this big event called Gritty in Pink, which is still out there, um, which was created by Shira Girl, and it's all these amazing female rockers. Um, they're so good. And uh, we were doing live shows at the Satellite in Los Angeles earlier last year. When things stopped, it didn't stop her. She did a whole virtual world tour where different cities, um, you know, they, they pick someone to do a live uh, show in that city and then also she does it every Tuesday in the evening so go, go follow them on Instagram but um, yeah so what else I like giving voices to female rockers I've been interviewed in Women International Music Network too which was super cool because of oh, all wow. the female bands I represent um, and then I just worked with a, a fun band called Celebrity Stalker uh, from a good friend of mine uh, Jason Young who worked on a couple of videos of mine in the beginning of like, wow, 10 years ago. And uh, he had a band and he wants to get his music out, so he hit me up. So these bands aren't small. I don't want to say they're small, but you know, they're, they're, I help them get their name out there and get them really good interviews. And I also believe, not I believe that all publicity is good publicity, especially now because there's a lot of dedicated viewers to smaller blogs and everybody wants that, you know, I don't know, metal injection, which is great, and all that uh, at a revolver. But there's some dedicated readers that might go buy your album because they saw you on a smaller podcast, on a smaller, on a small podcast like this, or not that you're small. <laughs> or, I'm you know, small right now, but yeah. 
we get there. No, it's easy. But you know what I mean? There's dedicated people watching and listeners, and you just never know. So I feel that's why all publicity is good publicity. I like doing a wide net for my clients, and then you know, going for the big for the big uh, for the big press. Right. That's awesome. Uh, let's let's talk a bit, bit uh, about virtual events. Are you running any of those uh, for clients? I, or Immersia was the only virtual event that I was a part of, uh, but it was for you know cannabis, cannabis wellness. They did a really great job of educating um, their viewers by doing all these personal interviews like this um, and doing a whole section for that called Immersia Talks. And then it was really cool because the brands could all the buyers. And retail stores could all go and visit the different brands that were part of the event. Virtual events are great. I think that's probably the only one I'm going to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those. It's one of those things that um, this is just my just for my experience and stuff. It was good. I think that's something I'll stick to if they do more of them. Right. Um, but I definitely encourage everyone, which you have encouraged me to get out there and make freaking content. Like you just want yes. to. Um, I just signed up to Clubhouse. I'm not sure if you – I think we talked about it. Clubhouse yeah. is this thing where it's all um, – people kind of just like talking and, and having like a clubhouse where people come and drop in and listen. Like a lot of famous people are on it and then just, you know, people in business and just for fun. So it's not like this popularity con contest where it depends how like good looking you are or like how many followers you're just there giving your opinion, voicing your opinion. And I like it because I don't have to put on makeup or get all ready. And like I can just like get you know get on it and go for it. So my first clubhouse, if this gets out on time, will be on Monday, January twenty fifth. Um, if not, it's every end of the month. So Feb next February February probably the last week of every month. Excellent. We're gonna talk with my other girlfriend. We're just gonna talk about um, metal oh no, we're gonna talk about PR and mix mm -hmm. in our experience with metal and rock and roll because like that's my passion that's my love that's what I live for I live for live shows and you know rock concerts and you know, musicians and talents and all, all that kind of stuff but also mix in what you know what our experiences with bands and maybe you know how what bands should do or what they need to do or how we can help them right no it, it's uh I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to live comedy. That's my thing, you know. That's my passion. That's where I want to be at. I want to be on the stage in front of people, mixing it up, doing my thing. Uh, but I've gotten back the creative spark that uh, I've had, you know, kind of wane for a bit in writing, where uh, now I'm working on my high time story times again, right? Where I write. So cool. That's such an awesome title. Yeah. And you could. Clubhouse or even even podcasts. I mean, whatever. That's cool. Like telling stories. I mean, that's especially right now. And right, why right now is such a great time for hiring a publicist. It's because we all have those stories to tell, and everyone is home on their cell phones, on their laptops, on their iPads, on their I don't know what else. Television, even television. Uh, they just want something to be entertained. So, but this is like 2021 is like the year to get yourself just out there. Um, online. Yep. Now let's talk about uh, where smaller companies can invest their time uh, most effectively for them in getting their message out there. Definitely, PR is is it's not it's, it's a luxury. Right. I'm I'm a, I'm a luxury. Right. But <laughs> let's let's say the grassroots person who's 
was gonna get there. So yeah. anyway, so so if you can't afford, um, not that you can't afford, we'll get you to afford there. I also consult. So I just want to help build the people, and I work with different budgets. But my point is, is like consulting, creating that content calendar, um, writing that blog, and if you need help, you know, topics, or if you need writers, my my company has expanded. I would like, yeah, I think. I guess expanded is the right word. I had all these services before, but I'm really pushing them now. Um, content creation, blogging, copywriting, um, all you know, all that good stuff. Social media, but I help you do the social media because I don't want to spend my time doing your social media. I want to teach you how to do it, so that way you can put your name out there or get your name out there and then afford to hire me. But um, yeah, and I would say pick one or two platforms that you're really comfortable with to really focus and learn everything about it. There is so much free content. If you Google, I don't know, how to grow your Instagram, so many things are going to come up. You know, you can just research people, like who's the best, and, and reach out to them and talk to them and let them know what your budget is because, to be honest, a little inside, except for me, everyone's hurting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> everyone's hurting. Everyone needs 500 bucks, 100 bucks. Even I, I'll, I'll do stuff for 150 bucks. That's how much I charge an hour to talk to me. Right. But No, but it's good, right? It, it'd be time invested. You get value, but you got to invest in it. Or YouTube. My gosh, everyone tells me this all the time. YouTube is the best place to learn how to do something, right? Yes. I just taught myself how to build a log cabin for when the apocalypse happens. So, <laughs> I uh, it's log cabin? Won't that blow down or wood like wood stuff that's dirty is it? I'm just I'm counting on the cities going away <laughs> and then just surviving in the woods, you know. Uh, hopefully it's not nukes. That's that's what I'm hoping. Oh, goodness. I don't even want to talk about See, that's, that's, those are conversations that you can have on Clubhouse. Um, I actually have some friends that believe the apocalypse is coming. I'm just like, you know what? I live in a I'm, – I'm super positive. Like, I'm sure it's wild out there, but you just got to keep on moving forward, and that's what I do. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not an actual doomsday <laughs> prepper, but uh, it's fun to fantasize sometimes. Uh, I guess. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I grew up. I like to think things are going to get better. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not as depressed as I am because I need those live concerts. I mean, I was going oh. to events four times a week. I was going out so much, networking, doing events, meeting up clients, and my house was like a mess. Right now, my house, every drawer inside my house is immaculate. I've cleaned every single thing in this freaking house since... Uh, since we got locked up. Yeah, it, it's, uh, that's the thing. I, I focus my efforts inward, right? I did a lot of therapy and uh, focused on me and I got my head right. And that's great. Uh, and so now I'm focused outward on creating opportunities for myself and doing all these interviews. And I think great. Yeah. I yeah, it, it, it's, see, uh, I turned COVID into a positive for me. It simplified my life. When I couldn't go outside anymore or worry about a job, eh, yeah. things got easy. Well, the one thing about I was saying about going out all the time and doing all those events, I was like, okay, wow, this is like a little vacation because I got to like sit down finally and relax and, and kind of um, look inward and see what needed to be done. And that was like things around the house. That's, I don't know if that sounds silly, but it, it's one of those things where you keep putting things off and I've been able to get to them. And then also pivoting more into cannabis. like. Mm -hmm. Music did stop for me a little bit. The red carpets did stop. The networking did stop. So um, 
I just pulled out my list that I had that I've been wanting to reach out to, and, and these clients started coming. And, and then I was just interviewed in Respect My Region, which is a really cool online publication as the go-to girl for cannabis, music, and entertainment. So that was a fun interview. And it all started because of one party two years ago. Say, Yep. It's all about networking and just being persistent yeah. and putting yourself out there. Uh, right. and, and look, even during lockdown, we met. Right. It, oh, it's, it, it, you know, you can if you're just putting yourself out there digitally, uh, you know, my setup here, I've got a simple green screen and, oh. uh, you know, a camera set up some lights and I'm able to do all of this work remotely, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it took a lot of time and effort and figuring things out and trial and error and, you know, really wanting to do it because a lot of people you see on eBay are selling this stuff real cheap. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I need to see a whole bunch of stuff. I, uh, so I watched two, sh I watched this show called Minimalism on Netflix and it kind of got to me because I like to shop and I no shame, but I have so much stuff that I just like won't let go of. And I'm like, why am I keeping this? Like, I just need to give it away, but I'm going to, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to sell it online because it's cute stuff. Um, but really just kind of simplifying your life and stuff. And one thing that I did learn during COVID that I've been wanting to do forever was put together a newsletter. And as simple as that sounds, it's not. You have to have all the contacts, which I do. Mm -hmm. I'm implementing it into an Excel, but also maybe believing in yourself to think that someone's going to want to read about what you're up to, what your clients are. You know, I post it on social media and people seem to like it, but not the people, the people that I want to get in front of are the people I need to send it to in the email list. So that'll be coming out next week. Super excited about it because my clients are fun and entertaining. I'm, they're obviously getting interviewed. So, you know, people find them interesting, but yeah, that's, um, even my hairdresser sent me a newsletter and I've been getting so many like emails from people and I'm like if these people have the balls enough to do it like why am I questioning myself so much you know yeah and, and why am I doing it so and, and you actually have something that people want to read and consume which is inside information on industries that they care about Right. Exactly. Uh, thank you. And I'm also offering a complimentary 30-minute consultation on your brand or band. So if any of your listeners want that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'll be sending. Oh, froze to, like, for a second. A Hold bunch on. Of people as well. <laughs> so I promote you. So put on... uh, Hold on. You're, you're free. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go back like 10 seconds. Sure. And I was gonna um. So in my newsletter as well, I'm offering a complimentary 30-minute consultation. Yeah. So if any of your listeners too want that. But um, I'm trying to add value and showcase, not sell. And that's another thing about PR. Everyone always thinks it's all about selling. No. I find your story. I find an angle. And I pitch it. And I pitch it to different you know, media media outlets. So I think that's what makes PR really fun. It's it's pitching. It's not selling. It's, it's creating... Some, an interesting story, an interesting angle that people want to know about. Yeah, and that that's what you do in spades. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about, uh, you know, we're at the beginning of 2021, right? Yeah. We're hoping things break, th things break loose here in a little bit. Uh, going to. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't, we got to adapt. Right. 
And so we're all adapting. Uh, you've got your newsletter coming. You've got some potential events coming. Uh, um, yeah, just, you know, I'm still, people still need PRs. I just actually just landed a client so fast last week. This um, this great guitarist call, uh, called me, and I usually don't answer the phone, uh, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to answer the phone for some reason. It didn't look like one of those spam calls. And it was this guitarist that's coming out with an album because now's the best time for musicians. Now, 2021, get your music out there. Yep. Like, uh, yeah, people want to hear you. Don't be, like, I know there's no shows, but you can still sell merch and you can still sell albums and you can still promote yourself online social media. He's like, I'm, you know, I've worked with all these celebrities, all these really big bands. Can you help me? I'm like, sure. He signed the contract and paid me on Monday. <laughs> that was hey. a call on Friday. Just because he saw me post or not post he saw me comment on someone's page that he was um friends with so yeah social media works just and then he went and looked on my instagram and it looks like i have my shit together which i do and yeah. uh he hit me up so that's just you know another push to to get on the social and comment like oh what well, sorry another piece of advice is like don't be afraid to comment or like other people it doesn't mean that you're a dork or kissing ass or whatever it this is that you you need to so that way maybe people will, will see your you know your little circle your little image and be like oh who's this person or what or they have something interesting to say because sometimes you think social media is a popularity concert and right now it's all about value and content and you know what you're putting out there and so it's not all about um, how sexy you are or you know how many followers it's like you know who you are. Like you're, you can be your most uh, most authentic self right now. Yeah. And yeah. That's so. I think that's how it's changing too. So yeah, that's. One well, of my... I'll tell. I'll I'll give you a little inside secret from uh, the advertising marketing side of things. When it comes to growing your social media brand, uh, Instagram especially weighs comments heavier than likes. Likes are at this point are like nothing. Because bots just like stuff all the time. It's about yeah. actual comments and engagement on posts to get your stuff seen. So make yeah. sure you're commenting on people's stuff so that they comment on your stuff. Yeah, or just comment and it'll come back because, yeah. or, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, they commented. I'm going to go say something. Or who knows? But I feel people should genuinely be as genuine as possible right now because that's all you have. Yeah. And, and it's a. Yeah. It's about engaging with the, the people on social that you want to engage with, right? And and yeah. the people that are already similar to what you're doing and want to uh, do. Uh, so it, it's not about being, you know, uh, out there to be out there. It's about, no, I actively want to talk to these people and work with them and engage with them. And I by starting that conversation online, you can move it offline and then start that business conversation. I do all the time. Like, what? You commented back? You own a restaurant? I'm calling you. What? You own a hotel? Actually, right now, I'm getting ready to go do a staycation. So I've been doing a lot of staycations. I'm going to Laguna Beach to stay um, at one of the hotels down there that I stayed at for my birthday uh, earlier last year. And now I'm going to go talk to the manager because they need help and um, they need press. But I'm just always, you know, and I posted about them on social, and I'm going to go talk to them um, one of them's interested, but that's my whole point. Like, you post, you show some love, and the minute they say something back or something, I don't know, just take an opportunity to reach out. So, yeah, you need to definitely be on social, but you also need to be in real life and reach yeah. out and make that interpersonal connection as well. 
Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, yeah, right now I'm bouncing around. I'm airbnb it. Uh, just kind of, yeah. You post, can you post about your Airbnb? Maybe they'll give it to you free next time you come out. Huh? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not big enough for that. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, no, see, that's where you're wrong. That's what I wanted to say. It's not about being big, right? If you have, if people are watching you and you're creating content, that's free content that you can pitch to them. I swear, we'll we'll go offline and talk about this. But you don't have to be that big. It's exactly what we said before. It's about you know creating the content. The fact that people are engaging, those numbers, I don't know, those numbers, they, for my PR side, I have to say they still count, but it's also the substance and the value. Right. So micro-influencers, I mean, gosh, that influencer word drives me crazy, and I love the influencers I work with, but it's a lot more than that. It's, you know, it's who's watching you and what kind of content you're creating. And that one sale, that one person saw from your your small podcast compared to an influencer that has a million followers, and they're never gonna call that company that you just promoted. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how uh, a lot of the bigger podcasts out there are constantly cycling through sponsors uh, because you know they're not authentic to the. Yeah the the podcast right it, it there's a disconnect between what they're pitching and what they're about and so the audience does resonate they don't get the bump for their money and so yes. why are we putting money into this do we I we can talk all day actually we should we should try to like do something where we talk um you know well let's month. set up let's set up a panel or something with a couple of people and we can do uh I love Instagram. I used to do a whole bunch of Instagram lives like once a week. I'm going to start getting into it because I'm actually, I'm a music journalist. I'm a journalist. Yeah. And I've been doing that for eight years and I love it. It's just, I started getting lazy last year and uh, started focusing just on my work, you know, but no, I need to put myself out there because people liked it. So I'm going to get back on it. Well, one thing I want to talk about real quick because it just came to mind as we talked about. Uh, so uh, the idea of monetizing your content Right. Uh, and this is something where a lot of smaller artists say, well, how do I even do that? Right. What's the best way to do it? And one of the things, uh, let's say you're not an artist. Let's say you know, you know this more than I do. So yeah. You're putting me, putting myself out there. This is how I get clients. I don't do it. I don't um, pay for Facebook ads. This is the first time I started doing email marketing just because I wanted to let people know how awesome I am and, you know, hopefully get a client or whatever. But um, no, just putting that. This is how I actually get my clients is the press. And so when you do press, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get clients, but it's you know nine out of ten times you will. But go ahead, you you yeah. talk to me about monetizing, and I'll just pick up off it. Yeah. And, you know, well, this is you know. So let's say we wanted to do a panel. You, I, I would host the panel, and then yourself and another oh, couple. I five people I've charged five dollars per person to watch us right but that's the thing that's something you can do now yes, okay. and so if you are a subject expert right and okay. and you got a little bit of savvy get a couple of people together and do a zoom monetized panel or whatever service lets you monetize the easiest and then that way you're generating some sort of income off of your knowledge and then you can clip that up and then spread that on social to promote the next one that you do Sure. So you were saying something about uh, YouTube, though, that to monetize off that, you like you need a thousand followers. Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm not even talking about YouTube because <laughs> in order to 
you have to be a business going into YouTube as a business, right? You yeah. have to have some backing because, again, all this stuff isn't free to set this up. And no. then, this uh, time is here too. And then you're constantly, all your time is dedicated to creating content because you never know what's going to be your big piece of content. So, sure. and then let's say that you're in a niche that you know there's an audience for, but they're not searching the keywords that you're using or whatever. You got to figure out how to get in front of them. You're going to yeah. have to put money into pushing the YouTube videos out to that audience via ads to get uh -huh. people to see it, to then subscribe, to then become a regular audience member. And if you look at all of the numbers of all of the YouTubers, I think it's like 23% of all their views come from subscribers, which means yeah. they're constantly having this churn rate that they're going through, which is very difficult. So keeping <laughs> anything monetized for any period of time, right, is hard. And it it's just the payoff for the amount you have to, like the top YouTubers are destroying cars in order to monetize sure. a video, but they they have to get a sponsorship with the car dealership that'll give them the free car in order to do that. Like there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you have to understand that there's contractual things, there's, you know, working with local law enforcement, there's all sorts of fun stuff if you oh, wanna yeah. become like a big YouTuber. And it's like, yeah, that that's not a good business. Start small, start. Well, I mean, if you're, if, okay, so I give a lot of props to all the influencers too, because uh, I work with one, the Creek Man, and he puts a lot of time and dedication into making his pictures match and um, look impeccable, right? Mm -hmm. And working out and stuff, like all that stuff goes into it. And it depends which, what your end goal is. You know, mine, I went, got a master's degree in communications, and so this is what I'm good at, this is what I like. I don't do manual labor, my hands are super soft, and I just talk and use my brain all day, but I'm really good at strategy. And um, am I the best writer in the world? No, I hire people to do that. I'm a really great team, but I'm a great strategist. I'm super creative. So it's like, what are you good at? And I, my parents paid a lot of paid a lot of money for that for me to do that, right? So that's oh, yeah. a lot of time and investment that was invested into me that now I'm monetizing off of. So uh, people watching this kind of, I would say, you know, find your niche. What you know, find platform you're really into or go back to school or even oh my god there's so much there's so many courses out there you can get a degree online especially now and to me I push education I think education is the most important thing to be successful because yeah. uh, the, the parents taught me um, no one can ever take away your educations and that just spoke volumes to me yeah and, and the thing is if you look for remote work now it's all yeah. stuff that you can easily pick up in a YouTube tutorial pretty quick right. Uh, True. Um, you know, maybe school's not for everyone, but you know what? It's not even about school or a degree anymore. I mean, it's about knowledge, right? Yeah. I highly believe in higher education and getting degrees. I've I've had a lot of conversations with people that, that they don't find that important because it's hard. It's I think everything's difficult, but it's 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 um dedication, responsibility, and that's what I saw those degrees as. You know. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, I invested a lot of effort into the degree I got in English. And, uh, you know, I still put comedian. That's what I think when I when I hear that. I mean, you know, that's. Yeah, well, it, it's because uh, I started out in electrical and computer engineering. And wow. then I uh, and then during my sophomore year, I drunkenly switched over to English. Uh, 
because I was writing a screenplay in my free time. And I said, what am I doing? I, I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this engineering stuff where I'm going to be sitting in a cubicle for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that was killing me too. Yeah. And so I uh, went to the registrar, really hungover, and I uh, said, I'm going to be an English major now. And they said, okay. And okay. so I became an English major, but I became... I created my own major while I was in there. And there's now a film studies major at Lafayette where I went. But wow, good school. Yeah. But when I went there, there was no such thing. It was just an English major. And sure. so I took a series of courses through a series of ways of doing things that became kind of a film major. And so I graduated with what they called a concentration in film. I was like, good enough. I don't care. Uh, but I learned screenwriting, directing, editing, every aspect of filmmaking, but in an English major with critical theory so that I understood why I was doing what I was doing. Right. So it, Wonderful. and so I had that storytelling plus the theory, plus the actual physical practical side of it. So it only made sense that I become a comedian, but then the real world said, no, you're going to be in marketing for a decade and a half. Enjoy that. And oh, did that long? Uh, yeah, I mean, I still kind of do it somewhat, uh, you know, for clients and things. But oh, in a desk. So I know what you're talking about in the cubicle. Like I remember being in an office, and it was a great job. I was like, "Fuck this!" Sorry, I said, "Forget this." Oh, you can curse. I, I don't mind. Oh, I could not sit in an office all day long. I went crazy. Now I sit in my house in my pajamas, drinking my coffee and working. But even then, I give myself like a. I work like five hours a day. <laughs> you know, I can't now just because, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but a dedicated time slot. But to sit there with a bunch of people that hate their jobs, that talk shit on you, or you eat lunch by yourself, I couldn't handle it. Even, you know, it just, it wasn't for me. My thing was, it, it was. Uh, and I wake was... up early. I couldn't wake up early to go to work. <laughs> My thing was I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the work. It's I couldn't handle the stress. I wasn't built for the kind of stress levels that I had to handle to do that kind of job. And wow. I don't like PR. That's no wonder you didn't like PR. Yeah. I, Cole, Cole, like I'll get in front of an audience of 100 people and yeah. talk about whatever. I don't care. The most personal yeah. stuff. But you put me on a phone with a reporter saying, hey, I got this story you might like. I'm sweating bullets. I can't do it. Sure. That, my part about the stress, I mean, I love my clients, and I do. Like, my clients are great, and I choose who I work with, and they choose me. But you get them something awesome, and they're happy for a minute, and then they're like, what's next? So yeah. that, so you, you got to constantly, you're just on the go. But I feel I have that energy and that personality to do it. So. Yeah, and that's, and also part of it was too, I was denying my art. I was denying this part of myself that wanted to express itself. And so once I started doing stand-up comedy in 2015, uh, that was it. Like, Good the, for you. Uh, you well, yeah, but then I had to do a lot of therapy. <laughs> really? Therapy for what? Oh, what? I... They, well, I do therapy too, by the way. Therapy's great. Yeah, well... <laughs> The short short end of it was I had to accept my new identity, and that was very yeah. difficult. As a comedian. As a comedian, instead of this corporate guy who I built up this whole identity as over you know over a decade. Did you have long hair? Did you no, have long hair? I short hair, like styled, and the whole you know. 
I enjoyed looking like, you know, kind of a modern day madman, kind of. Ooh, yeah. Like and so uh, I adopted this whole personality and persona and identity. And now I had thrown all that away. And I was like, okay, now I'm a comedian. But who am I? And then I had to do a lot of heavy reflecting on my childhood, growing up, all this stuff. So it was a good lot of therapy to get sorted out. Uh, we're, we're, I, I recommend therapy for everyone, especially right now. Oh, yeah. And so now I'm today, I'm happy and healthy. And I'm in a good place and being Wonder. productive. Uh, but it was a long road to get there. Now, uh, if you ask me, you know, would I have made the choice knowing where it goes? Yeah, of course, because I love where I'm at. Uh, even all that struggle later, because to stay on the path I was on, I would have been dead by now. I would have had a heart attack. Uh, it, yeah. there, was, there was no way I would have handled pushing through on that level. Uh, so yeah, it was the best thing for me, but COVID in a lot of ways has made a lot of people have that kind of self-reflection of who am I and where am I really doing? Because, you know, for the past X number of years, I've been traveling 24 seven, or I've been, you know, doing this all the time when sure. I really wanted to do this other thing my whole life. And so now people are really starting to figure that out. Uh, and that's where, uh, I, I Vision, the your like vision, twenty twenty vision, yeah, that's yeah. what I think it happened for a lot of people. Um, well, I mean, again, myself, I, I mean, even before twenty twenty, I've been building my entire life to this moment. Mm -hmm. Now I just want to take it to the next level, and I'm enjoying, you know, the whole cannabis. It's it's great. Well, wellness. I think it's more the wellness and helping people. Yeah, I'm a pissed at heart, you know, and that's why I do what I do. Um, and I love the music and entertainment and just helping people. So, I mean, whether it's helping nonprofits or startups, you know, take, taking their business to the next level or getting that attention, um, you know, that's my focus. And my beach house. How about that? That's my vision. <laughs> I, didn't want, I want my beach house. So that's what I'm working towards. Well, I want my log cabin in the woods. So. Right. Do it, and that's okay to say. And you know what's funny? Before I feel maybe people feel ashamed for material things or whatever, but no, it's like if that's what you want, I think we should have the three the freedom to say what we want. So yeah, yeah. I want my beach house, but I'm headed to the beach now. Excellent. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you very much for being on Coffee and Cannabis today. So awesome. All right, we're gonna do something. We're gonna go on my Instagram. We can do a live, and um, we'll we'll talk a lot more. We'll even monetize it too. Definitely. In the future, monetize. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and plug yourself and let the people know where they can find you so that you can get monetized. <laughs> this was so much fun. So uh, thank you for having me. My name is Raquel with Raquel Bigelow Public Relations, and I create legacies for music, entertainment, cannabis, and lifestyle brands. You guys can find me at my web on my website, RaquelFiglow.com, on Instagram at Raquel Maiden. Yes, like Iron Maiden, Raquel Maiden. Um, please DM me or email me at Raquel at RaquelFiglow.com for a complimentary 30-minute consultation on your band or brand. Thanks Excellent. so much for having me. Quite welcome. Who wouldn't want that person to represent them? <laughs> Well, thank you for being on Coffee and Cannabis. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, tune in next time for my next special excellent guest. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.